Are we rolling? Yeah, we're live. We are fucking rolling. It is twenty uh, one. Number twenty one. This mother podcast twenty one. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, appreciate all the support. If you like the podcast, please leave us a nice little five star review and a comment on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember to subscribe on iTunes if you're watching this on iTunes. If you um, like, you can also listen on SoundCloud. Please subscribe. And if you listen on SoundCloud, please share it on your uh, feed because that really helps a lot. Uh, leave a comment. Um, if there's a special section you like on SoundCloud, leave a little comment you know, at the time code because mm-hmm. that also gets a lot of people to listen to that specific spot because yep. they can see that on their uh, cloud page or whatever you want to call it. So. Um, yeah, and thank you for supporting. Check out our stuff on desmada.com forward slash store. Grab a t-shirt, a cap, something like that. Or our Patreon page where you can leave a dollar a month to support our bullshit. Uh, that said, let's get started. Uh, this week, we're not drinking beers. Yeah, we switch the substance up. Switch the substance. It's a little early. Oh, yeah. It's not that early. It's noon already. Yeah. So technically, it's legal morally to drink because it is 12.01, I believe. Yeah. It's 12 on the dot. P.M. Um, Saturday. June 24th. Saturday, June 24th. Uh, I just realized this um, the podcast doesn't have a, a theme song. It doesn't have like an intro. Um, it just goes straight raw, straight into it. It's your chance right now to just fucking do one on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the Reggie, Reggie Watts does it for the comedy thing. Yeah. Funny. But he's super talented and can beatbox and shit. So I just pointed that out. So Thanks if you guys have a... What Thanks for making our podcast we lack. seem insufficient. <laughs> 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 I and I did try to get some alcohol. I w- I'll admit I was like, oh, I'll go get some Kahlua to put in our coffee, but the liquor store only had those really big bottles, and I didn't want to drop thirty dollars on a bottle of Kahlua that was probably never gonna. Well, we mm-hmm. probably would have drank it eventually. I but don't think I've ever actually had that. It's pretty good. It kind of is like creamy. It's like creamer. Yeah. And uh, you know those uh, little uh, those little packs of that. What is it called? It's that sweetener that comes in all sorts of flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, those bottles that you... Yeah, like the, syrup or the syrup that some sort of like... There's like hazelnut or like yeah, yeah. vanilla, French vanilla mm-hmm. or like horchata. Yeah, yeah. It kind of tastes like one of those. Hmm. But it has alcohol. fucking booze in nice. it, so it's pretty nice. Maybe we'll try other other substances substances for their future podcasts, see how they turn out. Yeah. Have you been drinking a lot of coffee lately? Yeah, pretty much. Like more, Just like a cup or two a day. That's normal. Basically every day, yeah. Yeah. I told you last week what happened with my <coughs> coffee consumption and my my uh, incident at the ER. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go into that because that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's also like kind of not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, you guys know I was traveling and I like had come back from China on a Thursday or a Wednesday, Wednesday night. And then I had two days at work where I was really like cranking on some stuff, like working like 10, 12 hour days. And then on a Saturday, I went to um, to a wedding where I worked, basically shot the wedding as a gift for the bride and groom. And then I got really drunk. And then sat Sunday, I just kind of was like totally out of it, like hungover. And then Monday, I went back to work. And basically Monday and Tuesday, I had two like 12-hour days at work. And I was drinking coffee like crazy. And I think... Um, Monday night, I wasn't feeling that well. And then Tuesday night again, I was leaving work at 9 p.m. And I was like, God damn, I feel like shit. And I was like, I think my blood pressure might be high. And so uh, sometimes I, I'll check my blood pressure at the grocery store, <laughs> like any good senior citizen. <laughs> I'm always like embarrassed. I'm like, eh, 
I'm like the youngest guy, even though I'm not that young anymore. But uh, here checking his blood pressure at the grocery store. And uh, I was like, uh, I was driving by this hospital and I was like, I'm just going to stop and check it here because I'm close by anyway. I'll just have him check it in the lobby or something because I know they have that stuff. And uh, the guy, they, the the ER person, this was like at 10 p.m. And the person at the ER was like, yeah, sure, we'll check your, heart, your uh, blood pressure. And they checked my blood pressure. And like the dude was just like looking at me and he was just like, hmm. And I was like, how high is it? And he's like, it's pretty fucking high. And I was like, oh, shit. And I've had it borderline before. And then he told me the number, which I don't give a shit. I'll share it. It was like 165 over 110. And like you're supposed to have it under one, like 120 over 80. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty high, man. And uh, he's like, do you feel bad? Or I was like, oh, I kind of just feel tired. I kind of have a headache. And he's like, I was like, do you think I should see a doctor? And he's like, mm. I was like, I can't give medical advice. It's up to you. And I was like, what would you normally do if somebody came in like this? He's like, we'd give them an EKG immediately to make sure they're not having a heart attack. <laughs> and I was like, all right, then I should probably check in. And he's like, it's probably not a bad idea. So there goes my dumb ass checking myself into the ER on a Tuesday night at 10 p.m. And I called Larissa and she was just like, oh, man. She's like, okay, I'll be down in a second. It's like 15 minutes from our house. Um, so they checked my, they did an EKG and they did some blood work. And then um, they're like, I finally went back there and the guy's like, yeah, you're not having a heart attack. You're not having a stroke. He's like, what's going on? He's like, basically asked like, what's, what you've been doing over the last few <laughs> Sit days? Sit down. Yeah. Lay, lay down. and <laughs> It turned into a therapy session. <laughs> Um, and I just told him, I was just like, yeah, I just been traveling like crazy and kind of eating like shit and drinking a lot of alcohol and coffee. And he just like shook his head and he's like, you need to fucking chill. And, uh, he's like, I guarantee you, you got to get, get a good night's rest tonight. You're going to be fine tomorrow. Your blood pressure is going to drop. He's like, but keep checking. He told me to buy one of those machines uh-huh. for the house. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm officially a senior citizen now. <laughs> Cause I own a blood pressure monitor. Nice. <laughs> uh, but he's like, check it once in the morning and check it once at night. And then, um, go to your, go to see your, go get a physical, like in a few weeks and just tell your doctor what happened. And you want to track all this stuff now. Cause it is, you'll, you're going to be borderline and you don't want to have high blood pressure yep. on this stuff. Um, but it's crazy. Cause I thought I was relatively like, I've been working out. Yep. I've been like, I've lost some weight. But it's all these factors. It's like, obviously, diet is a huge one. Yeah. And, like, when I'm traveling, I'm having these huge breakfasts. It's, like, the most yeah. amazing shit in the world. <laughs> it's, like, Vegas. Yeah. You know, they have, like, this English breakfast, and I'm, like, having eggs and a bacon and shit. Um, but, yeah, it always, like, it makes me think, like, you know, like, um, about, like, like so many people are probably, like, I bet so many of my coworkers and other people are, like, on blood pressure medication and, like, you know, there's just like a lot of people just popping pills, you know, Yep. and like trying to keep because I look around, I'm like, there's definitely people who are a lot heavier than I am and who are like, you know, who have their like body mass index, you know, at a certain thing. And they're under a lot of stress. And like, you know, I see like then when I travel, you'll see sometimes coworkers like taking pills and shit. You know, you don't know what the fuck they're taking. You don't ask or whatever. But um, it's just such a like thing where you just kind of deal with it by going to the doctor and taking a medicine. You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just it catches up with you like very very not quickly. It's actually kind of slowly, but um, certainly like I didn't drink this week until like last night. I had like I think like five days where I didn't drink, and like my blood pressure was fucking low. It was like <laughs> totally normal, you know. Back so, at it. 
What's that? Just get back, right, get back right to it. To, yeah. To the drinking. <laughs> now that I'm normal, I'm 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 cool. I can drink again. Um, but yeah, it's just like I think when you're young, obviously you think it does it's not gonna catch up with you, and if you're not like really like obese or whatever, it's like not a big deal. Like I'm normal, blah blah. But I think if you're definitely like have a stressful life in any way, whether it's work or family, it totally fucking catches up with you, man. Yep. There's not a lot you can do about it, and um, we've talked about this too before about like just the whole like you know the the idea of what it what it is what does it mean to be healthy you know like because you like some people are like i'm healthy i don't i might be overweight or whatever i always feel like i'm fat like all the time i don't have an issue with it but i'm like i remember once i was hanging out with julian and he had this friend i forget his name but he was kind of chunky but i was just as chunky and like we were somewhere eating taco like we were like eating jack-in-the-box and he was like i was like whoa slow down big boy and he was like he got all offended he's like i'm not fat and I was just like, yo, because he was drunk and he was, I, it was like somebody I didn't know that well, but I was just fucking around with. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're, you're technically fat. Like if you looked on the charts, you are actually fat. And I was mm. like, and so am I. And he like got, we got into this big argument <laughs> <laughs> at a jack in the box at one thirty in the morning, you nice. know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think like those sorts of, not so much guidelines, but yeah, they're guidelines. It's not, it doesn't mean that it's all truth or whatever, but it all makes sense and you should kind of watch it because that shit just creeps up on you. Um, I feel like a geriatric person talking about my troubles. <laughs> um, so here I am drinking coffee again. Um, I think it's, it's more like about moderation, you know? I always go back to that. I told like I told my sister about it, and then she told my mom, and then my mom called me all worried. I was like, "Oh God, here we go!" And she starts telling me all this advice because my mom has high blood pressure sometimes, and she's telling me all her tips and tricks. And I'm just like, just shaking my head. <laughs> <I'm> just like <laughs> it's like when you hang out with old people and they just talk about their like yeah their illnesses, people with that they know with tumors and shit. Just all kinds of <laughs> shit, you know. Oh, my back, and I do this, and then they start telling you like the right things to eat, and I'm like, it's not that I don't know this. That's not the none of this is like a mystery, like yep. you know. Um, it's just compliance. It's just you got to stick to it or whatever. Um, and yeah, not not gonna push it or whatever. But that's me now. I gotta lose some weight. Um, so I don't know the fuck else. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Pride. to all of you, um, to that community that we did not acknowledge on our page whatsoever. Is Uh, it too late? Almost. (laughs) It's like five days. Is there like a specific day? Oh, there's like the month of June is technically known as like Pride Month. And then uh, I think that it's a whole month. It's a whole month. But we technically didn't acknowledge like black history or Hispanic history. I think it's just because we acknowledge all people all the time <laughs> that we don't need to, you know, specify each month. We just we don't need a fucking are constantly emitting love to all people. <laughs> Except uh, for Republicans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you guys. That's yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> and old people. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. I was, we just posted that, um, that Emesca thing about how the FIFA is trying to crack down on, on the puto chance mm. in Mexican for Mexican games mm-hmm. when Mexico plays, um yeah for those that don't know i hardly know this is like the only headlines and shit that i see from soccer or anything but um 
I guess when Mexico the, did win today, though, did they? They knocked oh, out shit. Russia out of the oh, Confederations nice. Cup, so that's another uh, very uh, tolerant country. Yeah, <laughs> two piece of shit countries <laughs> fighting over a round ball on a grassy yeah. field. But yeah. basically, yeah, when uh, the opposing team is kicking in any fashion, whether it's like um, they're kicking the ball back into play, everybody knows this, dude. You don't yeah. have to explain. Well, it. maybe they don't. I, I don't know if they like people that don't watch fucking soccer, like. They just, the whole fucking team, or the whole, the audience, the Mexican audience a lot, they've known for chanting the P word. You know, I'm going to stop saying it. I'm going to stop actually saying. Oh, damn. You're just straight not going to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, there could be so many things. It could the be P, like. The P-U-T. Look, Mexicans love to chant puto. Yeah. They chant puto over and over at soccer yeah. games. And yeah. it's kind of fucking crazy that you have 80,000 people screaming puto. Yeah, once. which is the equivalent of. Faggot. the f word yeah. <laughs> yeah it's basically if you can imagine a whole stadium yeah. of americans yeah so i was just f. trying to paint that picture of of and compare it to how um the equivalent of yeah basically yeah saying faggot which is crazy and it, um, yeah it's crazy in the mexican thing because it's like a fucking they have it down to an art form because they're like Puto. yeah like, it's yeah. very like you know melodic for and sure it's yeah it's fucked up um and did they what, do that when we went to the game yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in San Francisco a year yeah, ago, they which played, they lost awfully. Which is a very hilarious game to do that shit at. <laughs> the but, Chile, right? Um, Chile? Yeah, Chile. It was like the 7-0. 7-0 ass whooping. It's crazy, yeah, to, that that word, that puto is so goddamn like prevalent in for Mexican people. You know, like everybody uses it so much for everything. It's basically a way of saying like, don't be gay, you know, like. Uh, kind of like don't be a bitch. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't be gay, but. Yeah, but. Yeah over and over and over and for every little thing and yeah i don't i don't really see that shit stopping <laughs> or t- and not in, uh, in, the, slowly, imme- in you know? the immediate future yeah but yeah that being said happy pride um, wait so so the article was basically that uh fifa is banning or they're what are they doing they they have like this uh three-step program where they're gonna start um basically giving like a warning they're gonna give referees the um, ability to stop the game and if they after that wow. they don't stop, then they're just gonna cancel the game. I'm not sure exactly what. Will they the, give it to? Will they give that? I don't know. It doesn't. I didn't. I don't think it went into that. It just. Um, I don't know if like they forfeit the the win or the the game itself. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, but. Yeah, it's funny. Have, you could have a whole, a whole opposing team start doing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like screw yeah, the yeah. game over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the argument that. Um, the FIFA's being held in Qatar and and Russia, two two countries that are obviously extremely not the homophobic. Most, yeah, yeah. They're just like as long as you don't do it while we're playing, then it's okay. If your country is completely fucking uh, backwards in their in their treatment of of gay people, just as long as you don't do that shit in our stadium or whatever. well, it's just ridiculous that they would have a problem with you know people chanting it which is problematic they should have a problem with it but they don't have a problem with hosting the events in these countries which actually discriminate and do really awful things to this community yep so it's kind of ironic slow progress but progress nonetheless i think no it's a good thing i think yeah um but yeah mexico just won this morning Mm -hmm. not to change the subject on that (laughs) um i didn't hear any chance i only watched the last 30 minutes Hmm. um and they won in russia so that's kind of cool um but yeah pride month so tomorrow we're gonna go up to the parade in the city and we're gonna shoot a uh man on the street um we gotta figure out the 
angle the angle on that and the questions and that stuff. should be fun because uh, it's yeah it's supposed to be very turnt yeah especially obviously in san francisco yeah yeah a mecca for the lgbtq community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i've never been i actually was down there once i didn't even know what was going on hmm. and i was just like i think it was in a car i was driving and a bunch of people looked like they were kind of leaving and they were walking around with gigantic dildos coming out of their pants and like swinging them around i mean they're like almost like two foot long <laughs> penises like flying around the street so i'm excited you're excited <laughs> 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 so next week we'll talk about that uh but that should be pretty cool um definitely san francisco is the most progressive probably one of the most progressive cities in the world in this regard yep what other city were there i guess new york um new york city that's where it started, allegedly. Homo- homosexuality started in New York City? It did. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, whatever the... I mean, I just, for the purpose of this man on the street, was looking all this shit up and... Like I guess the history the, of Pride is yeah, it started in New Stone, York? The Stonewall Riots, I think, the 1968 and 69. Uh, there was like some like police riots at some club in New York City called Stonewall, the club, and they basically... the resisted and they kind of fought against the police and that is supposed to be like really <clears throat> like a gay club yeah yeah okay which was not which was illegal to my understanding um in 1968 when it happened and from there yeah that's when i think the first official pride march happened in 1970 in new york city and then from there it blossomed into what it is now and yeah i guess those are some of the arguments too that get brought up now Versus, uh, you know, like a full-blown parade celebration versus like a march and activism, you know, because um, I think in L.A. they uh, switched their parade to be like an actual march. Yeah. Instead of like a full-blown what's going to happen, what's happening like right now in, in San Francisco. Yeah. And yeah, so obviously. It com- seems like there's like, you know, there's an argument in room for both. Yeah. yeah. It should be. You yeah, should be yeah. able to just express like. Yeah, ride and have fun, and for sure, yeah, that can be seen as like a political act in itself. Of, yeah, you know, just celebrating, and um, obviously, it's much more in the mainstream than it ever has been, as far as here in the United States, of course. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so that should be fun. Yeah, we just gotta find a a good angle to fuck around, as it were. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You have to anything? Oh, did you go back to the comedy show? I missed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was. Um, that was cool, yeah. The open mics, like we were saying last week, they happen uh, a small club bar here in San Jose. They have the open mics on Wednesday. We went again on <laughs> this last week, and there's always some sort of obstacle that that these guys have to go through. And this week was um, there was a Tool concert. Um, oh, jeez. Down the street, so there was like a shitload of people that showed up, but they just wanted to drink. They weren't actually there to listen, so it kind of rowdy in that sense. And. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's typical shit. Or typical, if you're familiar at all with open Did mics. Did you go up there? No, hell no. no. Next week? Next week, yeah. All right. Next week, I'm committing to going. I'm not sure if I'm going to go up. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, when you, it's so funny, yeah, that we make it up to be like this big thing or whatever. But it's like, yeah, when you go, you know, it's like a shitty dive bar. And half the people aren't fucking listening. And the other half are actual comics who are waiting to go up, you know. So you're not really playing to like a... A true audience. A true audience, if yeah. you will. But yeah, it's cool. And like we've said, our our homie Atu, 
shout out to Atu Walker, who's a you know working comic here in San Jose, out of San Jose, hosted and he does a good job at trying to wrangling shit in. So he's good. Well, I mean, what's he trying to do outside of that? I'm he not should sure. be going to other. He should be doing. I'm sure he does. I'm pretty does sure he? he does. Does he to other like open mics across the Bay Area? Yeah. But I'm assuming yeah, he's just doing that and. You know, all comics, from my understanding, they're, you know, always working on their hours or on their bits. And the open mics are funny because they, the people who are serious about stand-up, they go to these things to, you know, work on their material. So some guys will literally go up there with, like, their fucking notepad and they're looking at their notepad and they're just kind of checking off, like, what worked and what didn't. Uh, it can get a little obnoxious in that sense when they're, like, up there. Like, they're literally holding their notepad yeah. on the yeah. stage? Yeah, yeah, they're So they're kind of going through, and they're, I guess, noting what's working and what's not working. You just fucking film it or tell your buddy. Some to... guys do. Some guys do. Yeah. One guy does actually, like, record himself on, like, his phone. Yeah. He's, uh, like, an older... I actually haven't seen him the last two weeks that we went, but he's, like, this, like, 50-year-old, like, really silly, like, comic who does, like, really straight, like, one-two punch jokes mm. but yeah yeah should be good uh next week start yeah i was thinking of going this week and then i totally forgot and i was working and then you when you reminded me i was already all the way fucking home so. yeah um we've mentioned this before but i live in the fucking woods yeah. so when i go home it's kind of a pain in the ass to come back down the mountain it's like a 30 minute drive to downtown san jose and you just feel lazy as shit um yeah, that night I ended up going on a bike ride because I hadn't been on my bike in a month. Nice. So, have you you have you tried um, wearing any patches, some goop patches? I haven't. No, you. Were, I didn't even know these existed until you mentioned. <laughs> we this should ago, just look but, this shit up real quick. Uh, Sammy's telling me that Gwyneth Paltrow um, got into <laughs> some hot water. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, famous actress. Has her own lifestyle healer. brand healer called Goop, which is a really fucking retarded name. I'm not exactly sure what it stands for. But uh, this is from what's this CNN article in a post on Thursday. Goop said that the stickers, which are sold by a group called Body Vibes, are made with the same conductive carbon material NASA uses to line spacesuits so they can monitor an astronaut's vitals during wear. Uh, the wearables, which cost $60 for a 10 pack come pre-programmed to an ideal frequency and promote healing by tackling imbalances and the reason it made headlines was because nasa basically said that they don't use that shit uh in a statement or gizmodo was the first to debunk goop's nasa claims about the stickers and then uh, goop removed that shit from their website this is like those oh somebody's coming down oh shit somebody's coming down Oh, that's probably upstairs. Yeah, it's probably upstairs. upstairs. We're in a basement Man, we're right so now. We're so confused now. So th- we're in the basement, and there's the offices on the f- on the first floor, but there's actually a second floor. Yeah. With another set of stairs. So sorry for the confusion. Um, Anyways, you know, yeah, those- you know what it reminds me of you know how some uh, people. I always thought it was Mexicans, but I think other people do it too. But they wear those copper bracelets, the ones with the little balls on the. Yeah, you haven't seen those? Not Look really. Up, uh, like they would sell them on on. Uh, Copper, copper bracelet. Um, there's like mm. a, it's like a healing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's supposed to like give you. I, I don't know what the fuck. It's like that. Those aren't even the ones. There's some that have little balls on the ends, huh. and it's like supposed to like. I don't know what it's supposed to do, but you'll see people wearing them, and they're like, yeah, it helps me balance, or I don't know what the fuck, but yeah. So goop is just like the. 
like the rich white Herbalife or something. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's basically like they've they've kind of taken made for TV products and made them cool because or um, made them appealing to white yeah, ladies. That shit is money. annoying as hell. Yeah. Um. There are no shortcuts. Yeah. It turns out. There was a thing I was reading that, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, that bulletproof coffee shit mm-hmm. that people always talk about. So yeah. bulletproof coffee is like, it's like organic coffee. And then you add coconut oil mm-hmm. and butter. Yep. Like what the fuck? Like some sort of grass fed butter. Right, right. And it, like it's a meal substitute. And um, I think the US uh, DA or like whatever, like some sort of government agency basically said that coconut oil is bad for you. <laughs> and so like all these companies like on it and these people who make like coconut oil, they're like, no, like they're all issuing like their, you know, their, their volleys back on this. And, um, I mean, I think it's, it's like anything, like if you take a ton of it, then yeah, it's going to be bad for you. Cause it's got a lot of fat. If you're eating like, I mean, you look at the, does it got, it's got a shitload of calories Yep, and it does yeah, have a lot of or fat. We drank it or at least I did for like, a two month period because our our friend uh, was into that shit and you know just didn't. I don't, it was supposed to be like that you drank it and that it would like curb your your appetite so that you wouldn't eat and it would served as like a meal. Like yeah, a meal, right? And yeah, so I I did it for like two months and then I just it's kind of like a unnecessary like process I, I just like to drink coffee like sh- fucking just yeah. straight black coffee and, and, like, and the thing is like it's the reason it curbs your appetite is because it's got a shitload of fat and yeah, so you're yeah. taking in calories anyway <laughs> you know there's like you might as well eat some food mm-hmm. like eat some vegetables or something um and you're gonna get it's all it's always it was like a thermodynamic problem it's like you know energy in versus energy out and that's basically how you lose weight yep like if you have more energy going out so props to Gwyneth Paltrow for just just doing it you know to she didn't care she's not just, giving a fuck about science yeah and just using her celebrity to come up with this bogus lifestyle brand that apparently does pretty well you know who else so, is like obviously done super well is uh, there's two people the other one you mentioned but the other one that uh, fucking Jessica Alba and like that huh. honest company mm-hmm. I mean Jessica Alba is a billionaire holy shit and she sells like organic diapers. Holy shit. Or like baby food huh. or some shit like that. I don't know. I think they sell it at Target now too, but hmm. it's like Honest Co. Honest.co. <laughs> and you know, it's like, oh, you, you too can be like Jessica Alba and I don't know, live by the Pacific Palisades and, yep. you know, change your baby's diapers by the ocean or I, I don't know. It's that whole like lifestyle the instagram sure. lifestyle yeah yeah you know? um but the other one you were mentioning was george clooney yeah so did they actually sell his company i think so yeah to what's the news what's the they he sold casamigos for up to one billion dollars and i think that um they they're gonna give him 700 million and then with and then Stop. 300 million um in what depending on how it does over the next 10 years i see so yeah george clooney in case you know you needed any more um reason to, have you ever need, had that no i haven't actually i heard it's pretty good i mean i it's so weird because it's again it's just all marketing like yeah. there's plenty yeah. of good tequilas out there do we really For need sure, another yeah. like what's going to be different about it yeah it's so yeah. fucking amazing yeah. oh this is shit that george clooney drinks yeah, like yep. i'm gonna drink this shit although i i did fall for that once huh. a george clooney trap I'll tell you my getting old thing. Um, I was getting a haircut once, and uh, 
I have like all these gray hairs like on the side of my head. It's not a lot, but I was starting to get a lot, you know? And the hairdresser was like, we have this stuff. It's called camouflage. It's like, it's yeah, like, you're like, I get it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. She says, George Clooney uses it. I was like, put it on my head right now. <laughs> Say no more. How much is it? Nope, doesn't matter. George Clooney uses yeah. it. And serve me a shot of that Casamigos, por favor. Uh, they had it? They had it there? No. no. no, no. Be, that would be tight for That sure. would be tight. But she put the camouflage in my hair. And nice. And now I'm like George Clooney. You know, I'm just an eligible married bachelor. <laughs> um, he did have two kids recently, I saw. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's married to like the, some like lawyer like or some shit. Right? He's a crazy attorney. like yeah. the fucking United Nations like or Julian something. Julian Assange or something. She like represents, I think, Julian Assange. And so, really? Or did at some point, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what uh, like the agave harvesters in Jalisco think of this shit. They're, they're even in tune or Jack George like, Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know, like just Been trying like, to sell this tequila for 30 years. And this asshole does fuck, it in five more, years. More like 200 years or whenever the fuck they started harvesting uh, agave for tequila back in the. Well, colonial. I mean, I got to imagine. I got to think that like Patron's value is more than a billion dollars. Hmm, right? True. Yeah. It's just that this was like a fucking startup, basically. Sure. They started a new brand. And yep. It's like the, uh, what was the name of the brand on Entourage? Oh, yeah. Right? I, I don't remember, yeah. It was like, oh, we have like our own tequila or yeah. some shit like that. Um, but yeah, it's all marketing, man. For it's sure. All marketing. We got to, there's actually a tequila desmadre. There is. Yeah. I don't know who owns that shit, but it's not us. Um, probably going to do well. So George Clooney, you son of a bitch, invest in the 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 fields, the Jalisco fields, uh, in some fashion, or throw those guys some. No, they're not. They're not going to see this shit. shit. He's just going to buy a fatter place in, on Lake Como. Yeah, How, he's like what, like fifty something, fifty five. Yeah, at least. Yep. Fucking bastard. It's just How like the it? major appropriator. There's well, how do you feel about that? Because like, there's a lot of people getting in trouble. But like, what what's wrong with that? Like, like those two chicks who were selling tacos in Portland. Yeah, yeah. or the those coffee shops in L.A. that are getting. I think in where was it? Like Boyle Heights, I think. There's like protesting the. Right, like but the that's a different co- thing. They're just opening a coffee shop in the mm-hmm. hood. That's like yeah. a hipster thing, and yeah. like maybe displacing a business. But the other, like, what I'm talking about is what happened, or is it okay for somebody like George Clooney to basically open? Or to start a tequila brand because he's not Mexican and he's not from Jalisco. Yeah, yeah. Or is it okay for these white girls to, you know, open a taqueria based off of a recipe that they stole from right. vacationing? In, <laughs> you <know>? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's like a, you open up like a Pandora's box in the black hole. Like, you can say everything is appropriating. Like, Yeah, yeah. That means I can't open a hamburger stand. If you're not German or something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not from Hamburg, so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Like nobody could do that. Like yep. it, it just I don't I think it's kinda silly. Like it just seems like a lot of wasted energy to me. Like, you know, if some white girls want to open a taqueria and, and that's fine, you know, but if you'd rather support somebody else, just go support somebody else. Like yep. don't shit on them. Like if some other people want to support these girls, that's fine. I don't really give a shit. I don't know. I'm just confirming uh, George Clooney's birth. May 6th, 1961. Oh, shit. Yeah, like 56. 56, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's still time for me, dude. <laughs> still 16 <laughs> years. Um, you know, as long as I use the camouflage. Yep. Um, congratulations to George Clooney on his 
How much of that was his money? I wonder. <clears throat> In 2013, dude, four years ago. Shit. Co-founded Casamigos Tequila with Randy Gerber and Michael Meltman. In June 2017, it was sold to Diagego for $700 million, with an additional $300 million, depending on the performance over the next 10 this years. This might has been running for about that much time. Yeah, and we're, <laughs> worth, we're, we're worth about $4. $4 right here. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah, there's like, have you seen the ad, the billboards of him like on a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, three white guys. Wow. Well, whatever, man. Whatever. Why isn't there a Cheech Marin tequila? He likes mezcal, I, I think I hmm. see from his. He post. invests a lot in like the arts, right, too. And he buys like a the, lot of art, mm -hmm. that's for sure. He's mm -hmm. got a huge like Chicano art collection, which is pretty dope. Yeah. And then um, what's his name? Uh, Danny Trejo has yep. opened a taqueria that's as right, well as yeah. a donut shop. Um, the appropriating, there you go. There you <laughs> Reverse go. appropriation. How, how dare him open a donut yeah. shop not yeah. being an American. For sure. Um, if you were going to open a business, well, that was not like, obviously like media related, what sort of media related? I don't know. No, not media. Related. Not really related. Yeah. Like a, like a brick and mortar business. What would Shit. you do? I don't know. Um, fucking record shop. Probably. Nah, not fuck that. <laughs> Vinyls, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably just like a. Something like that, yeah, like an arts, something that make would make no money. That's something that um, would make absolutely no yeah. money. Like I said, yeah, you have to do like either alcohol or um, like just food and like you're saying, yeah, just good fucking marketing. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, with people like George Clooney um, or people that the, the conversation about these people, quote unquote, appropriating something and, you know, getting ass rich off of it is that, you know, it's not, you can't really do anything about it other than um don't buy it don't buy it yeah mm -hmm. and um but even then like i don't know if there's if there's is there something wrong with that like buying it like well i mean no there's nothing wrong with buying it but i think you know that if if you don't um only people like George Clooney who have the resources to do that can do it as opposed to you know like a smaller uh, a smaller businessman or woman mm -hmm. that can uh, really like make it launch, and you know he has, you know, yeah. I don't. Uh, who who the fuck are we to to or who the fuck am I to to shit on uh, George Clooney for doing that? Because you know we don't know what the fuck he does with with that money, and it's really none of our fucking business. Supposedly he does good things. I mean, he seems yeah. to be as far as actors are concerned, relatively for sure. Like, yeah, woke. Yep, yep. If you will, and involved in yeah worldly affairs for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and it always comes back to that conversation of when the new generation of people, of, of entrepreneurs, gets to that level of power, then what are they going to do? You know, it's like, Bezos. You, you can't say that, yeah, you can't say that me, I can't say that me as like a normal person, right, who... You're not normal, Sam. Well, no, I'm saying like someone who is like, you know... <laughs> You're above like a, average. A modest. Sammy. Well, I'm talking about economically. You know, like okay, yeah, you know, you're yeah, below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> if you talk about that, then if I was to be given like you know, fucking hundred million dollars, like I have no idea what I would do. Realistically, I, I can I couldn't say that. I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna start investing in the community and I'm gonna start doing this and that. I'd like to think that I would, but once you're given that money, you're just like, holy shit, like. 
You know who's done that? Have you, you know? You, have you read or you probably have about that the Mexican American fam, the Chicano couple here in San Jose who won the lottery, hundred and forty million dollars. Nah, this is like have. this is like fifteen years ago. Hmm. There's a guy I forget what he did for a living, but he's just like some guy who was always into like the Chicano community and somewhat into the arts, and he he and he won hundred and forty million dollar lotto, and they've established I forget what it's called. It's named after their family. But they have a foundation where they give to the arts and they give a lot to like the what's the Mexican American Cultural Plaza. Oh, cool. There's actually an event. Oh, this shit. Weekend. Nice. Um, they apparently in the 80s and 90s, um, he used to go to all like the Cinco de Mayo parades, all that sort of stuff. And he used to videotape it just uh-huh. like any normal person would. Yeah. And so they have a documentary about all that stuff. I think it's premiering this weekend. Nice. See, um, that's cool. And you don't see these stories in like the the major headlines and. Yeah, I think locally he's known. <laughs> um, actually, we met his son once. I forget his son's name, hmm. but does he run? He doesn't run MHP, right? Does he? Or, no, no, okay. they don't run it, but they okay. donate to it or something like that. That's um, probably what I think I would do realistically with that kind of money, or reach out to people who know what the fuck to do. Someone like you basically would be like, "All right, I don't want to." What was the smartest way to start don't, don't investing? Out to me. <laughs> That's for sure, not me. Or it's a, or just <laughs> so you know you don't do something stupid or something, but. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of, um, people like rappers get the same kind of criticism of like, uh, a lot of them are, um, making a shitload of money and they're not like properly in reinvesting into their communities. communities. Yeah. So shit, man, they've been broke so long. They're like, fuck that. I'm yeah. having some fun with this shit yep. for a minute. Especially if you're fucking 18 years old or 19 yeah. years old. Like yeah, I think about that. Lil Yachty is like a good example of this. How much money do you think Lil Yachty's made? I don't know. Let's look at that up real quick. Because I was gonna say that I think I think uh, we overestimate how much they actually for make sure. These that's days. also true. Yeah, I don't think they make that much money anymore unless they're doing like hardcore touring. But certainly, from a label standpoint, there's not that much money to be true. made. True. Yeah. See, three million dollars. Thanks. <laughs> Lil Yachty's worth. That's why he's Lil Yachty. That, <laughs> he ain't big Yachty. Yeah. Three million dollars. I mean, not. I would love to have three million dollars. Don't fucking get me wrong. For but sure. That shit ain't a lot of money. Yep. Um. Yeah, so he, you know, if he's only got $3 million, he should keep that to himself. He shouldn't be fucking blowing it on yachts, that's for sure. Yep. But oh, you, you, his fucking Instagram stories are just like him in like Porsches and like diamond uh, watches. Nice. and Nice. Hopefully but, they're cubic zirconia. Yeah. And he's just being a uh, goofball. Yeah. And uh, they're rental Porsches. For sure. They probably are all just like yep. rental music videos. Yeah, yeah, cars. yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's the fastest way to go broke is just start to buy a bunch of cars. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if I had like a lot of money, like I'd probably like, in, instead of like I, I, as much as like I care for the arts and whatnot, I'd probably invest more in like some sort of like specific education things for, for like sure, kids yeah. going into like STEM. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the U S is like falling sadly behind for in sure. those fields. So I would like immediately donate a bunch of money like to MS squared or yeah. those sorts of programs yep, where yep. kids I know are going to be getting jobs and doing some really like dope shit and leading companies and that sort of thing and yep. inventing shit. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on this week with, uh stem and like women's rights and and all of that kind of uh coming to a head with uh travis kalanick from uber yeah getting ousted <laughs> which is fucking crazy <clears throat> so like a few days ago i think five days ago um well 
a week and a half ago, Uber CEO took a leave of absence and he said it was indefinite and he was just going to kind of chill for a minute because his mother died and all this mess was going on. Yep. And then two days after that, basically they confronted him and were like, nah, dude, you ain't coming back. So they, they've five of his major investors came in and were like, you got to step down. Shit. And apparently it was like kind of a surprise. He was in a, in New York at a, in Chicago at a hotel and he was like, <clears throat> trying to lead, lead an executive search for new executives for Uber. Yep. And they just came in and were like, nah, you're out. And forced him to kind of push out. So he's gone. No more Travis Kalanick. And what's crazy is like a lot of employees were kind of bummed. I, I'm sure as many were happy, just as many were uh, upset about it. Because right. Because obviously he was like a transformative leader. Um, and yeah, that's all like, there's like Reed Hoffman who runs a big VC firm, who was one of the original Netscape guys, I believe, like sent out a big letter about like, you know, we need to really push for more, uh, diversity for women and people of color, uh, not only at the companies, but at venture capital firms. Um, and yeah, it's true. It is kind of a boys club. I mean, even in entertainment, like once you start going to meetings and all that sort of shit is like, who do you know? Who do you know? Yep. And we've seen some of that firsthand, yep. which is like, I mean, you're going to get a deal if you know somebody, unless your shit is already completely bananas on YouTube or something right. like that. But going in cold is really tough if you don't know somebody. Um, but if you have somebody vouching for you and like kind of being your champion as like a producer or, you know, blah, 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 like and somebody else is getting a cut like yep man that's just the way of the world so and there's, there's not the diversity there so it certainly <clears throat> helps um speaking of hollywood let's go to our fun topic of the day let's do it let's let me take it. a piss real quick actually right, sorry because so i'm about to take a piss but we're gonna break then all right so i was telling enough Sam, of that serious enough shit of that serious shit now our uninformed views on it <laughs> <laughs> i found this book in my room as I was cleaning up, and it is the best movies of the 90s, which was a transformative year for cinema. It really was. Many, a transformative decade. Start out with maybe the, the cover, Silence the of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. I've seen that movie many, many times. Really? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I watched, watched it. it as a child. <laughs> yeah, I, watched, I did watch it as a child. Though. My dad really liked that movie, but then later on in um, in college, there I took a, like a you know typical, like, film studies uh, intro intro to film theory and yeah i guess you know science of the lambs is um transformative in that way um fucking a it's a fool's name uh don't tell me uh fuck anthony hopkins no the the director jonathan uh, demi jonathan demi yeah um yeah it's a obviously a great movie um who died recently by the way rest in that's peace, right jonathan yeah demi yeah died relatively young around 70 shit i think um but yeah, I, you know, one thing as I kind of, I, I saw this and actually I was using this as a monitor stand because it is rather thick and it mm. was a nice little bump for my monitor, but I recently thick. switched to monitor. It's thick. I like T-H-I-C-C. So I took it out as, as the monitor stand and I was like, oh, I haven't looked at this in a while. Um, and I was looking through it and the thing that hit me mostly was that, and I'm going to, this sounds like the old, the thing all old people say is just like, they don't make movies like that anymore. And what I mean is like, they don't make like mid-range, high-quality drama movies that much anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it either is like, you know, a tentpole like action hero movie, or like something really stupid and kind of like you know, like you know, one of the neighbors or neighbors two. Yep. 
or something you know something that's gonna make money in that way yeah like a really corny comedy yeah or a really like action flick which there's a lot of good action flicks or like you know uh ten, like uh, superhero movies or whatever but i was trying to think of like when what's the last movie like silence of the lambs that you watched in theaters in theaters right i mean that's come out over the last sure. 10 years you know and been yeah. like wow that was fucking dope you know like, the only thing maybe not this is not a good example but michael clayton that was that was eleven years ago. Yeah, yeah. Those movies, they're just speaking of George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, speaking of George Clooney, yeah. my favorite actor. Awesome, though. My favorite actor, entrepreneur George Clooney. <laughs> He's got dope hair. Uses camouflage. Shout out, shout out to George Clooney and his camouflage. Yeah, Grace. Um, but no, yeah, like they yeah. just don't do mid-range dramas anymore because yeah. what you can expect mostly is to maybe recoup your money and a little bit more. But yeah. yeah, if you're going to spend like $30 million on a movie, nobody's like, nah, because we're only going to make $32 million right. and it's not worth the money, <clears throat> Yeah, which is fucking crazy. And that's the big thing I think about the 90s movies is that there's actually like, a, I think the 90s were like a really good like meeting point of like movies that were still Hollywood, but were like really good meaty dramas, yeah. high quality mm-hmm. and like movies that the general public could all absorb. Whereas now, like if it's like, drama then it has to be like a small indie like moonlight which yeah. is an amazing film but yeah. the general public i mean obviously it won for an sure. oscar or whatever sure. but it's yeah that's why like I, I don't i hardly go to like the movies to win, like because when you look at like week to week and you're like oh what movies are out right now it's like you know transformers or the rock and some shit yeah. and those are entertaining to watch but yeah they're not like yeah like you're saying the the they have to be either like that or like really 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 indie yeah like i said like there's the moonlight or the one that dean casey yeah. fleck was in yeah but dean's a small indie that was even super, smaller yeah like, yeah it's like a coming of age like i'm talking about yeah. like sure sure you know so that's the thing that struck me going through these so i want to just like i figured we could just kind of flip through it and be like <clears> damn like i haven't i don't think i've seen a lot of these you have actually there's a mix okay there's a mix and it's cool because it goes every year starting in 1990 so, so dances with wolves oh yeah of course See, it's been that, a while but yeah that's a great movie mm-hmm. and by the way there's a movie that did, missed the cut by one year that i watched the other day and huh. actually had me like all emotional dude huh. i was getting all glory huh i haven't seen that actually. you've never seen glory oh mm. my fucking god glory's about the 54th regiment out of massachusetts oh shit which is the first black uh, oh regiment. nice yeah, and it was the 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 first regiment that was allowed to fight in the civil war hmm. with all black um you know soldiers hmm. and so uh, uh matthew broderick plays like the regiment commander and he's the son of a guy who was an abolitionist hmm. out of massachusetts and so he he really pushed to have um this group of soldiers actually fight they let him form the regiment and then all they had them doing was work so they would like go clean stuff or like go build a this or you know clear brush or whatever mm-hmm. and he pushed and pushed for them to actually get fighting uh, or to get you know actual fighting time yeah and then a lot of them ended up dying including himself damn and so that movie's amazing because it's got you know Matthew Braddock is actually really good in it but it's got Denzel Washington hmm you'll have to check it out and it's got uh, Morgan Freeman nice and I was like man it's just like that was like 200 you know 250 years ago already yep. oh, no no 150 years ago right yeah yeah 150 years ago and like you're still dealing with the same shit african-americans are still dealing with the same bullshit it's like it, it anyway glory is really fucking good just check it out uh so dances with wolves this is i mean the movie's problematic in many ways because obviously this is the white, white savior. savior basically it's a white savior film but it is really good yep ain't gonna lie about that uh wild at heart 
I haven't seen, I haven't this. seen that either. This is supposed to be really oh, good. Oh, yeah, the David Lynch. That's David right. Lynch. Yeah, I have never seen it, though, but it's supposed to be really good. Nick Cage. Yep. Amazing. Of course. Um, This woman. I don't know who that is. Pictures are again. Who is that? Oh, Laura Dern. Laura hmm. Dern. Goodfellas, of Goodfellas, course. Goodfellas, oh my God. One of the best fucking... Look at that. Uh, yeah. Sorvino. Yeah, that is... I could watch this movie any fucking day. For sure. I've seen Goodfellas. How much least. was that? How much did it cost to make that? Did it know. say on there? Just out of curiosity. So Goodfellas, 1990. Martin Scorsese. Obviously, Ray Liotta. $25 million. $25 million to make this movie. It Wait. probably would be like $100 million now. To make it? To salaries and oh right just because like each of these like if you had like you know fucking Ray Liotta, <laughs> Bobby De Niro, Joe Pesci, yeah, uh, you know Paul Servino, the salaries alone would push it. To yeah, I was 50. just about to think uh, how how is like the '90s film differ from the '70s because obviously Martin Scorsese is known for being part of like the Ameri- like the American New Wave that you know came I think to fruition. I think what I was saying the, earlier. I think they're a little more Hollywood. In, in the 70s? In, no, no, now. Oh. In the 90s. Uh-huh. In a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in the 70s, they were a little grittier. Yeah. And they were, like, a little more maybe darker. Yeah. Maybe a little more inaccessible to some viewers. Yeah. Where I think the 90s was, like, the perfect balance yeah. of Hollywood and grit and, yeah. like, real, like, you know, storytelling. For sure. That's where I think, like... What's your favorite scene in Goodfellas? Ooh. Uh, favorite scene in Goodfellas. There's so many. You know which one I I, I which one I really like the way it's cut and the way everything is at the very end when Ray Liotta is losing it and like he's oh, yeah. coked out and yeah. he's cooking the fucking sauce yeah, yeah. and he's running around yeah, that's and tight. there's like a helicopter. Yeah. It's like the perfect like it just pays super well and there's like it's nutty. It's like yeah. frenetic and it's super like Yeah, what about you? Probably that one's tied and then um, I just love the the part the the classic Joe Pesci you think I'm funny yeah. part where yeah this is Joe Pesci's so goddamn good in that and um, yeah there's a ton of really amazing scenes in Goodfellas like the yeah. camera the uncut camera when they the go dialogue the of course the dialogue's amazing yeah yeah uh, Cape Fear. Oh, I love that I love that shit too two Martin Scorsese's in a row Cape Fear 1991 let's just look up the the, the budgets. budgets since we're so I actually don't remember this movie but I know I saw it. Actually, I watched it relatively recently. Really, like, within the last five years, thirty-five million. It made one hundred eighty-two million. God damn! Nice, but yeah, it's like uh, what's the, the the girl's name? The Jessica Lang is that her? No, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Jessica Lang. Yeah, Juli- Jessica Lang and Juliette Lewis. Robert De Niro, such a Nick beast Nolte. of an But see, actor. when was the last Kate Fear? When was the last yeah. movie like this? Yeah, you saw? it's been a while. Like these are like meaty movies. Yep. They're so fucking yep. good. JFK? Eh. Uh, I never saw that. It's good. It's good. It's Oliver Stone still in his oh, yeah. stride. Um, I tried watching an Oliver Stone movie recently, Born on the 14th 40 million July. budget, 200. Yeah. Uh, 200 million? God damn. In the box office. So yeah, JFK. Um, it looks like it won two Academy Awards. Nice. Cinematography and editing. Hmm. Um, Cape Fear didn't win anything. Goodfellas didn't either, right? Because he didn't win anything. Yeah, to no, he probably won, but not director. Oh, right. Oh, he won Silver Lion at Venice, <laughs> and it won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor Joe with Pesci, Joe Pesci. Of course. Dances with Wolves. Holy Godly fuck! Damn. 
Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Music, Best Sound. Damn. Good job. Good job. Good job. JFK. Uh, Raise the Red Lantern. Oh, we're getting four in here. Yeah, I didn't. Never, never heard, heard of that it. shit. I'll have to look that up. In China, Raise the Red Lantern is regarded as a symbol of the present situation. The fact that the film has so far not been allowed to be shown in Chinese cinemas is evidence of this. Damn. All right. Silence of the Lambs. Of course. Classic. Best picture. Best screenplay. Best director. Best actor. And best actress. I'm having a friend for dinner. <laughs> 19 million. It only cost 19 million? 272 million box office. Holy shit. I wonder why that movie was just so popular. I wonder what... The performances, man. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Hopkins, of course. Yeah. Jodie Foster. And then it became very like quotable yeah you know of course a lot yeah of lines that people like you know i remember like skits making fun of like the yeah. bean and the mask and like yeah and all that shit <clears throat> thumb on louise nice i like that movie i haven't seen it or i've seen it but it's been a long time yeah um i just saw something that what the fuck was it that that parodied this like really recently i think it was like a music video i feel like i did too 16 million budget 60 16 Man, movies are cheap back then. That was like a road trip movie, right? About Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is in it. Who's the director? Ridley Scott, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, Ridley Scott was born in 1937. Shit. He's still working, too. Hmm. That means he's 80. Do you know who D.A. Pennebaker is? Yeah. He's still alive. He's 92. And he's yeah. also still doing. He did the. Um, I was gonna mention this very briefly. I, I went to go see uh, the Monterey Pop Festival um, documentary, mm. and they were playing it at the this small cinema by my house. Man, it's like not a big deal, but um, uh, it was really cool to see uh, it in in the theater. But it was like the 1967 or 68 performance, the Monterey Pop Festival, where fucking Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix and yeah. uh, Janis Joplin, The Who. Um, who else? Otis Redding. Um, it was really fucking cool to see it, and I was like, "Man, this is really badass." But then I was thinking, like, also fuck the Monterey Pop Festival for, because like all the Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza kind of stemmed from that, you know. <laughs> and it's not as like, yeah, obviously it's like a turned into like a huge crazy um, phenomena of you know fucking fests. people going and yeah fests. People who yeah. refer to that as fests I hate you as well. But, uh, yeah, you should check that out if you haven't seen it in a while. It's really fucking cool to see, you know, Jimi Hendrix as, like, a 25-year-old shredding. He only lived to, like, 28 or something. 27, yeah. 27. So, but, yeah, that guy's fucking 90 years old. And he did the intro. He's like, I'm uh, D.A. Pennebecker. I'm 90 years old. And uh, this he intros the thing. And uh, this is Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Jackass. Yep. Uh, wait, so Pennebaker was the director? Yeah, he was okay. the director. Yeah. And uh, it was, um, I think, produced, or it was um, conceptualized by the, the, I forget, the lead singer of the Mamas and the Papas. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was funny. I was also think of, like, thinking of Monterey in the 60s and thinking of it now, <laughs> of, like, how, I, I don't know what Monterey was like in the 60s, but I, I feel like it was known for being part of, like, the countercultural um I mean, all of this area was, and now it's just been so inundated with money. <laughs> yeah, did you see, um, have you watched Big Little Lies at all? I did. 
that's pretty good that's pretty cool yeah but it's you know like this pocket of you know like super rich rich yeah um, monterey bay people yeah uh yeah yeah big little lies was really well done yep i was impressed with that uh lovers on the bridge french movie never heard of it Mm -mm. skip that shit is that fucking like kill bill or something i bet he ripped it from that yeah i think he did actually because like the eye patch and shit wow huh She's wearing a yellow tracksuit. Yep. Uh, Twin Peaks, Peaks. Firewalk with me. I didn't watch that either. I don't. I don't think I've seen that. But I am a David Lynch fan. Very stylized stuff as usual. Jurassic Park. Park, fucking classic, of course. Yeah. That's probably huge, right? Oh uh, yeah. In terms of Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety-three, Mr. Steven Spielberg. It had a budget of drumroll, motherfucking three hundred seventy. Oh, that's for all four. Oh fucking a! Oh shit! Camera just died. Right, I'm gonna look up this. Why doesn't it? Uh, oh, there we go. Sixty-three million budget, <laughs> and I think one. It cost like four hundred million to make now. One point zero two nine billion in the box office, nineteen ninety-three. Actually, that's one of the movies that supposedly fucked everything up. Yeah, that and like Jaws, right? Too in the. In the '90s, in terms of moving into tentpole and kind of like making like yeah, I think um, that that Jaws also got the same criticism for making like kind of like the summer box office type of film. Is that is that also fucking Spielberg? Wasn't it Jaws? Yeah. Yeah. And then Titanic. Titanic. Really changed the game with the amount of money that the movie could bring in. Jesus, one billion dollars. Billion dollar franchise. Eh, it's not surprising. Now, I forgot Samuel Jackson is in Jurassic Park. Does he get eaten? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's shitting, right? Or was that Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Remember that shark movie where he gets eaten? Yeah. The deep impact, deep, yeah. Deep impact. No, Deep Blue or something. Oh, like yeah. That. yeah. Deep Blue Sea. All right, Jurassic Park. I mean, definitely a great movie. Um, but this is more of a blockbuster. Four Weddings and a Funeral. I've never seen this. Me neither. It looks Mike good though. Will. Mike Newell's great. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, classic. Really fucking good. Oscar for best actor and best song. Nice. This probably cost twenty million. Philadelphia, starring Mr. Tom Hanks. That Who's one the of director? His best roles. Uh, oh yeah, Jonathan another Demi, Jonathan. Demi. Another Jonathan Demi movie. Uh, all right, just keep going. Sorry, fucking. Philadelphia, the city. Philadelphia is a city in the state of. <laughs> Um, in the line of fire. Good old Clint Eastwood being a fucking cold-blooded American. Twenty-six I'm, million budget for million. Philadelphia. I'm so sick of Clint Eastwood. He could fucking yeah, eat a fucking shit sandwich. As far as I'm concerned, he lives in Carmel, huh? Which is on the way to Monterey. Schindler's List. Schindler's List. Whoa! I only saw that recently, actually. Really? It's a good movie. Yeah. It looks like it got seven Oscars. Jesus. Best what picture, year was it? Uh, 93. Yep. $22 million wow. budget, 320 in the box office. Best director, best adapted screenplay, best cinematography, best film editing, best art direction, set decoration, best music. Yeah, movies about the Holocaust just have to win all this shit. True. But this one's actually really good. It really is, yeah. yeah. Ralph Fiennes, is that who it is? And... uh this was this was when Liam Neeson was actually acting and not like 
Yeah. <laughs> Running away and he, trying to find people. His daughter. The piano. I've never seen this. Mm-mm. It's supposed to be fucking amazing. Gene Campion. I'm uncultured. I haven't seen the piano. That's supposed to be pretty depressing, too. Uh, oh, oh Jesus. I think I saw this movie at your house, really? like at your mom's house really? on Sage Hill. I saw this movie uh, when I was in MS Squared. Oh, shit. I saw it in Massachusetts at um, uh, Lowell Cinemas or something like that. And I remember just being like, wow, it's so good. I was in high school when I saw this movie, Forrest Gump. $55 million budget, uh, $675 million in the box office. Wow. Another classic. So a lot of people don't like this movie. I thought it was really good. Again, it's a very Hollywood. It's trending more Hollywood yep, yep. than some of the earlier ones we were talking about. For sure. Ed Wood. Never seen this. Yeah, same here. Tim Burton. There's a, when Ricky Gervais um, introduced Johnny Depp in one of the Golden Globes. If you haven't seen any, go look up, go look up like Ricky Gervais' best of the Golden Globes. He shits on him. He's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. But when he introduced Johnny Depp, he was like, and here's... Uh, the person who will do literally anything Tim Burton says, <laughs> Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> he got in trouble this week, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Did you hear about the that? Trump thing? He yeah. said he would kill. Or when's the last time an actor killed a president? Yeah. Uh, NBK, Natural Born Killers. Thirty-four million dollar budget. This is an amazing kind of fucking crazy film. Again, back when Oliver Stone was making good movies. Yep. I'm um, not talking to Vladimir Putin. I don't know what's happened to this guy, man. Interview with a Vampire. Never even heard of that shit. Really? Mm-mm. This is a big movie. Um, you know, this is around the time that I started probably watching more movies too because um, basically I started working at a video store. I think in 94 I was working at a video store. At That, that year $60 I worked at million Star Video. $60 million budget for that 60? One. Wow. It's like a period it. piece, right? Well, I mean, it's a vampire movie. Yeah. Um, I guess it's set like in the 1800s. Goth or something. Brad Pitt. Hmm. Tom Cruise. Christian Slater. Wow. That's Antonio Banderas. Yep. Yeah. Wow, it's got a lot of people in it. Gotta watch that. Dandy Newton. Oh, and obviously. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Stop here for a minute. Eight million budget. For Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Wow. And $213 million box office. Another classic. Zed's dead, baby. Yeah, yeah, Quentin Tarantino is obviously such a like film nerd, and I've got my Tarantino. Shout yeah, out, oh, that's out, right. Funny. Shout out to Della Dessa. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh, the camera's that's, turned around. Keep going. Now. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie is. Um, I really liked uh, Django, and what's the the most recent one that was called? Um, the Hateful Eight. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. I thought that was this fucking cool. Um, I think any <laughs> film. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think, I think I like Pulp Fiction, yeah, over Kill Bill, Definitely. actually, and Reservoir Dogs. I don't know. I, I, maybe like on different days, I feel like I'd say like a different movie. But Depending Pulp Fiction, on how close you are to your period. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is obviously very um, influential. And did you see this at the theater? No, hell no. Okay, no, I was going to say. I was like, I wish. I was like five years old, yeah, when this shit came out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the theater with this with Julian, my best friend in high school. Yeah. And we had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> we just were like, yeah, let's go see this movie. I, w- I remember for some reason we went to Arlington. And like we walked out of there and we're like, what the fuck was that? There uh-huh. was three movies. Uh, 
which we'll probably get to eventually here. But basically, Pulp Fiction was one. Natural Born Killers was the other, where we were just like, we felt like it got sucker punched, but in a good way. We're like, God damn, that was fucking tight. Um, And the third was Heat. So, yeah, that's another, maybe another point of um, the kind of film going experience that is also really different in that I don't think people do that anymore. You could do that if you avoid watching trailers and shit, but like to think of going to a movie like Pulp Fiction just out of the blue like that is almost like, I'm kind of jealous of that, you know, to be like, to go into a movie not expecting something and then to see fucking Pulp Fiction for the first time and you'd never heard about it. Yeah, because all you would have seen is like, (laughs) all you would have seen is the trailer on TV. Yeah. Maybe, because you wouldn't be able to see the trailer on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Like over and over. You wouldn't be able to, you'd read maybe a review in a magazine or something like that, but it's all word of mouth and just like, oh, this movie I heard is good. Yeah. So. So maybe favorite scene from Pulp Fiction, the top of my head. Um, that the the scene where um Travolta and Samuel Jackson have the guy, and they're like, uh, and they they're about to kill him, and they so he says like you know he he reads that quote out of the Bible. Oh yeah. Um, like, Brad, and they yeah. give him that whole lecture. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and you will know my name is yeah, Lord. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a fucking dope ass scene for sure. Um, the robbery scene in the diner. Yep. That one, yeah, probably. That, that's probably mine. That's the beginning, right? And the end, technically. Yeah, 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 it wraps up. That and then... I, I feel like there's another... That. What the fuck else happens in that movie? Um, there's the dance scene, which is a classic scene. Yep. There's a scene where she, like, ODs. That one, probably. And we, and they we, hit we, we parodied it in Masa, Masa and the Power. Power. Yeah, we're so original. Um, all this shit is fucking all this is like a patch pastiche of a bunch of other shit too like Pulp Fiction motherfucker just said pastiche <laughs> uh, speed. speed that's like another kind of like leaning towards blockbuster yeah. Hollywood shit Sandra Bullock and Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves. <laughs> it came the same out the same year as Pulp Fiction yeah 30 million budget Apollo 13 that was good damn Tom Hanks was just fucking turning him out in the 90s Yep. Man, he looks so young. <laughs> I was like, yeah, almost fucking 30 years at this point. Dead Man Walking. That I never seen that. That's really good. It's really depressing. Sean Penn with a goatee. Yeah, he's like a guy on death row and uh what's her name? Um Susan Susan Sarandon plays like a uh, a nun who's counseling him and they're trying to get him off of death row. Oh shit. 11 he, million dollar. Oh, I need to watch that. That sounds cool. It's really good, man. Tim Robbins Super good. Toy Story. I saw that with, I remember, with your fucking sister, Evelyn. Really? Yeah, I went with her. Um, I, I don't remember the, because I was fucking, when did it come out? 95. You were yeah, six. Yeah, six years old. And we went to a, a movie theater around Northside. I don't remember which one. I um, know movie theaters around Northside. <laughs> <laughs> Northside, Fort Worth. Dude, yeah. Toy Story. Uh, very classic. I can't believe you were only six. Yeah, what wow. is it? Thirty million dollar budget. It's like one of the fir- is was that the first of like yeah, the Pixar the Pixar hits? Yeah. Jesus Christ! How much? Three hundred seventy three million in the box office. Yeah, this was the one that broke Pixar. <clears throat> Another fucking Tom Hanks as Woody. Yeah, Woody. Yeah. And Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. <laughs> Don Rickles, Wallace Shawn. Kids. I never watched. I'm pretty that. sure nobody took you to see that one. <laughs> 
That's really good. I haven't seen her in a long time, but that broke Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Dawson oh, and um, Chloe Savigny. And they, he found them all in the streets. Really? Yeah. No they way. weren't actors. Yeah. Larry Clark? We should watch that. Yeah. That's really good. I was thinking we should have like a Desmadre movie night. I don't know what how we would build around that, but huh. this is one of my all-time favorite movies, Casino. I, I need to watch that again because I, I don't really remember it. It just... I really? just watched Goodfellas too many times, and I I can't really distinguish Casino at all from Casino. I I don't know why I really like Casino. I'm probably I've seen it more than Goodfellas. Um, it's so long; it's like almost three hours. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I will sit there and watch it. Minutes, yeah. And like, um, this was basically Sharon Stone at her best. She's fucking amazing in this movie. Yeah, I have to rewatch that. I don't know shit about it. <clears throat> oh man, so Ace Rothstein, so fucking good. He wears all these ridiculous sunglasses. Joe Pesci's being Joe Pesci. It's got fucking this douchebag, which I fucking hate now. Uh, what's his name? James Woods. Yeah. He's on Twitter, like, alt-writing it now. <laughs> this is an amazing movie, too. Leaving Las Vegas. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. Man. Talk about, like, you want to watch a movie to make you want to stop drinking. <laughs> Mike Figgies. Mike Figgies. Figgies. He's fucking amazing. Oh, shit. $3.6 million budget. Yeah, this is a small movie, but this is a great, great movie. So I, when I would see this, I was like, man, I want to just sit down and watch all these again. This next one is definitely a fuck yes of the Jackie Chan Bron <laughs> friend. I don't remember this. Uh, 1995. Rumble in the Bronx. Budget $8.5 million. $35 million in the box office. I need to rewatch that too, but I remember really liking it as a kid. Hmm. Mission Impossible? Nah. Hollywood classic? Yep. I wonder how much that was, yeah. That was probably like 50. Brian De Palma? Yeah, I forgot that fool. Directed this shit. Let's see, $80 million. Wow. Budget. Tom Cruise, I guess, like starting to push that up. Four hundred fifty-seven in the box office. Oh, I remember this was a huge hit. This Japanese movie, Shall We Dance? Not familiar with that one. When We Were Kings, documentary about Muhammad Ali. Hmm. I don't think I've seen this. Same with James Brown. Yeah. Fargo. Fargo. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ! I was wondering when those fools were gonna come up. The the Coen Brothers. This was their first big hit, I think, because they had already done like a few other movies before this. Yeah. What was the first one called? The um, shit. Blood Simple. Blood Simple, yeah. Seven million dollar budget for Fargo. Steve Buscemi. Damn yeah, so just good. the the Coen Brothers. Yeah, just have such a distinct style. Yeah. From dusk till dawn, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, nice. I don't know if I've ever seen this whole movie. I, I just, I don't, I'm not into vampire movies. Yeah. Sama Hayek, fucking titty twisting it up. Yep. I mean, it's a Robert Rodriguez movie when this guy's wearing a belt that has a dick as the barrel yeah, of holster, the gun. Yeah, holster, yeah. It's not a holster. It's actually like. Oh, yeah. He shoots from his dick. That's hilarious. That actually had $19 million budget. Well, fucking Clooney was in it. And Tarantino. It all comes full circle. Cheech Marine. <laughs> hmm. Train spotting. Yep. Danny Boyle. Yep. Yeah, I really like that movie. I need to rewatch it. I it's kind of like a chore too. to watch that shit. <laughs> it's like a little too 
too raw for the general public. But Mars Attacks. I don't think I've ever seen that. Those visuals look wacky. <laughs> Damn, Jack Nicholson looks old as fuck there. Yes. Is that Jack Nicholson? Yeah, dang. Mars Attacks. I think I saw that in theaters, actually. Romeo mistaken. and Juliet with Leo DiCaprio. Nice. It was an attempt to um, to get Shakespeare back into the mainstream. Well, look at him. Not that it ever fucking left. <laughs> John Lugazamo. Uh, let's see. The English Patient. Oh, it's such a good movie. That won a lot of awards. Ralph Fiennes again. Jesus. Never heard of Gale. that. You never heard of this? Mm. It's, uh, Ralph Fiennes looking very sunburnt. Uh, People vs. Larry Flint. Oh, I love this movie. Nice, yeah. That's a really fun movie. It's fucked up. Yeah. But it's a good movie. Woody Harrelson is really hard not to watch when he's on the screen. It's always fun. Larry Flint. <laughs> L.A. Confidential. That was a good movie. I never watched that either. That's really good. Russell Crowe breakout. Plays like a bad cop, basically. Oh, yeah. $35 million budget, 126 in the box office. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Holy shit, that's technically a 90s movie? It's a 99? 97, dude. Holy fuck. P.T. Anderson breakout. Dude, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. Mark Wahlberg looks like he's 12. (laughs) Oh, man, look at Homeboy. What's that guy's name? Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Damn, yeah. I feel, yeah, there's so many good scenes in that. The one where, the one that stands out is when William H. Macy uh, fucking shoots himself after he sees his wife getting banged by another dude. He commits suicide? Yeah, remember he's like, I don't remember it. There's dude. like this party, and his character is basically, he has like this wife who's like really kind of like, you know, um, she's basically always getting like banged by other dudes <laughs> is it julianne moore uh no i think it's it's not anybody that's that's okay. like too Heather famous Graham, no. yeah no no I, f- I forget who but but it's like there it's like this party scene and uh william h macy tries to he like finds his wife getting banged by a dude so he goes out and gets a gun and shoots both of them and then he walks out into like where everybody's partying and then he he shoots himself god damn and yeah, that's I think that's the scene that basically triggers like where where it kind of encapsulates like everything going to shit. I see. Because it's, you know, like fucking drugs and partying and it it and then it moves into like when the movie's about, you know, how like the porn industry moved from film to like VHS and mm, how it you know kind like of, snuffy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites for sure. This list is about to get wacky. We're gonna go through it faster. Yeah. Goodwill hunting. Nice. Really good movie. Obviously. Obviously. Breakout for Affleck and what's his name? Men in Black. <laughs> classic. Classic uh, Hollywood movie. Uh, face Off. Face- oh, my God. I actually just watched that like maybe like two or three months ago. Really? What a fucking... This movie is actually kind of pisses me off that there's so many wacky fucking scenes in there of like Nicolas Cage being really fucking bizarre, which <laughs> is really cool to see. But at the same time, it's like, how the fuck did a movie like this get actually made? <laughs> Fucking A. John Woo. Titanic, of course. Yeah. I remember I went to go see Titanic with Danielle, who was my ex-girlfriend or my girlfriend back then. Yeah. And uh, 
I was waiting in line and I had I did not know anything about it. Uh-huh. And I think everybody knew, you know, that I was just like going and then somebody in the line to get popcorn at the beginning, beginning was like, they die. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> $200 million. So that's obviously, like you were saying, one of the movies that triggered, yeah. that triggered the temple. $2.2 billion yeah. in the box office. Yeah, this was ridiculous. As good as it gets, that's a good movie. Yep. Anything with Jack Nicholson is good. It's hard to... The Celebration. It's a pretty French film. Never heard of it. Run, Lola, Run. This is a really good movie. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Really? This is a fucking good movie. German, uh, yeah. It's like a crazy, like, techno. The Truman Show. Nice. That was good. One of my favorites. Damn, Jim Carrey. Just shout out to such a beast performer. Oh, the, this is very quickly, but uh, Judd Apatow is just on Joe Rogan. Really? He's a... He's about to come out with a Netflix special. Stand up? He, yeah, he hasn't. He used to do stand up apparently at the beginning of his oh, career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been doing a lot more over the last year. And yeah, stuff. and then he he talks about how um, they used to be like friends. Yeah. They oh, did. Joe Rogan and no, uh, uh, fucking Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. So he he talk- produced Cable Guy. Oh shit. Uh, Was that that's not in there, right? <laughs> Fuck. That's a '90s movie, isn't it? I thought that's what the cable. No, I'm saying the that, cable. It guy. is a '90s movie. Yeah. Yes. So. Apatow yeah. produced Cable Guy oh, and shit. Stiller directed it. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but he talks about how, yeah, yeah, he talks about how um, he used to have to, he's like a, he writes jokes a lot and he would have to like really, uh, he talks about how it's important if you're being a stand up to, you know, really take notes and if you're being serious about it. And, and he's like, you know, I was realistic. I didn't, you know, when I would go after Jim Carrey, like, you know, I'm not going to, no one can like match Jim Carrey right. or Robin Williams level right. of fucking energy but yeah, you should listen it's pretty cool except for last thing is that uh they, they spend like a huge chunk of the movie of the interview talking about like trump and hillary and it it's cool i guess but it's also like you you just want to hear judd apatow talk about yeah. stories about you should him. read the book yeah the i need a book of interviews is for amazing. sure that i read that this year and it, it's super helpful thin the, blue line then red line then red line this is terrence malick I never saw that. Kind of slow. War is Thin movie. Blue Line? That's fucking eighties. That's eighties. Yeah, that's which very is awesome. Uh, oh shit! Another Coen Brothers. Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Classic. Ski. The Jesus. Damn. Yeah. Favorite scene from that is fifteen million dollar budget, forty six in the box office. Uh, I need to rewatch. See, that wouldn't that. be considered like. I mean, it's profitable, but they were like, "Ah, eh, it's not worth the trouble." Shit. Yeah. Even. <laughs> yeah. Buena Vista Social Club documentary. <laughs> There's something about Mary. Yes. That was a fucking hilarious movie. When did that come out? 80, 98. 98? Yeah. Who was the director of that shit? The Ferrelli brothers. Oh, nice. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> ben Stiller with braces. Damn it. Damn it. Did super well in the box office. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was like a fucking hit, man. What? what? $370 million God, in the damn. box office and on $23 million budget. Wow. Shakespeare in Love. See, that's that's another thing where basically like you're expected to like 10x. Yep. A 10x profit is what is considered good as opposed to like doubling your money. Right. Shakespeare in Love. This was really good. I yeah, I remember when that shit. came out. Yeah, herog- heterogeneous mixture. Yeah, that's super good. Saving Private Ryan. Classic. Obviously. Another motherfucking Tom Hanks movie. Spielberg. Another Spielberg-Tom Hanks collab. Yeah. The Matrix. Oh, God shit. damn, man. I remember when that came out. Actually, I did not see The Matrix in the theater. 
and then it came out on DVD and um, I took the DVD and I watched it I, I just like went late night to like uh, one of the classrooms at Sanford that they had like you know projectors mm -hmm. and uh, DVD players and I watched it by myself and I was like fucking blown <laughs> away I was like god damn that movie was crazy yeah that was one of the first like CG sort of this thing how much did this cost Jesus make? Christ this was before the Wachowski brothers got like crazy yeah 1999 damn it's almost it's like turn of the century movie of course 63 million dollar budget 463 box office all about my mother this one's really good I don't know that. Penelope looking young 1999 that's a cool poster 600 million dollar budget Oh, pesetas. <laughs> I was like, God <laughs> damn. <laughs> Yo, Penelope Cruz, she's really expensive. You know? Jesus. Yeah, it's four, $5 million budget. $67 million in the box office. Yeah. God damn. What the fuck is that movie about? Um, It's like about some sisters and their mother. Uh, it's it's good. Nice. It's a dr standard drama. Um, it's all about art, women, people, life, and death. Yeah. And must be one of the most intense films. You know I've what? You can... Made. Speaking of this Madre night or movie night, like you can rent out the camera three for for shit. Mm. I'm not sure how much it would cost, but that would be kind of tight. Yeah. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. Kubrick's last movie. Yeah. I wasn't too into that one. Yeah. Kubrick American is just Beauty. like it's just like a chore to watch his shit. It's not really like. I don't. I don't think better. I've met anybody. That's not like really into film that like likes Stanley Kubrick movies, you know, except for maybe like. Like Full Metal Jacket or something. Full Metal Jacket's fucking amazing. I could watch that over and over. Yeah. His movies are tough to watch, but they are kind of a chore. Yeah. American Beauty. I was blown away by this movie. Fuck yeah. That is. Yeah. That was like introduction for me of Kevin Spacey being like, oh, Kevin Spacey is. Got levels, man. $15 million budget. $356 million. Wow. Wow. This That is such a great movie. I'm going to talk about favorite scene from that. Uh, we should have fucking thought about this earlier, but <laughs> what is, what's, there's so many, like, obviously, you know, him smoking pot and shit, and. I like when he's at work, and the guy's like, <clears throat> um, do you have a minute? And he's like, for you, Brad, I got five. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, the most amazing line ever. <laughs> he, like, looks up at him, and he's like, I always use that line when people ask me that at work, I'm like, yeah. for you, I got five. That's so, so like, great. fucking condescending, and, like, yeah. he's so good in that. And then when he's like working at the fast food place. Yeah, like, yeah. Eh, so good. Blair Witch Project. <laughs> eh, I mean, it was a genre kind of breakout and uh, they kind of invented a new. Freaking nauseating. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixth Sense. Oh, shit. Haley Joel Osment, now a star on Silicon Valley. <laughs> I haven't watched that far into. I don't want to give it away. That <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> We're coming to the end, people. Oh, wait, I have a funny story about Sixth Sense very quickly. <clears throat> I remember watching uh, Sixth Sense in Mexico, actually. Really? And some bangrad fucking at the 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 sotea of our of our late grandfather's house. You just watched it like on TV? On TV, basement? yeah. No, the uh, on uh, we had rented it, or yeah. it was like a bootleg fucking version. But uh, we were watching Sixth Sense, like maybe like ten of us, just like ten cousins. We were watching it. And I fucking fell asleep. Now, when did it come out? Like 99? I was like 10 or 11 years old. 
And um, I always fucking fall asleep super early, like even before I started drinking and shit. <clears throat> but basically, yeah, I fell asleep. And then it was in the upstairs of, or Sotea, what is it? Like the, what do you say that in English? The, the Like the... Like the balcony? The balcony, yeah. The balcony of um, our grandfather's house. And then when I woke up, I woke up in downstairs on the second floor. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why like, why did I wake up down here? Apparently, there had been an earthquake while they started, while we were watching the movie. <laughs> and they couldn't get me to wake up. So they had to, like, carry me down uh, wow. to the second floor. And that was my experience watching Sixth Sense for the first time. <laughs> but then watch it again. And it's a pretty cool movie. I'm curious how much I'm Yeah. Shyamalan. I'm like Shyamalan who, that guy had like an interesting career where yeah. he was. He got ahead of himself. $40 million budget, 670 in the box office. Wow. Oh, shit. Fuck yes. Being John Malkovich. Spike Jones, the start of, oh, I mean, not the start of, but his film career maybe. Film career, yeah. That was amazing. That's a, such a great movie. John Cusack was in that, right? Mm-hmm. And Joan Cusack. Magnolia. Oh, <laughs> man. I loved Magnolia. I don't know why. Really it's like Tom Cruise movie. playing himself. Yeah. Respect the cuck. Yeah. <laughs> $37 million. Uh, this is, yeah, $48 million, So. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as long as fuck, too. Jesus. Three hours, man. I want to watch that again. I need, like, three weeks of nothing but watching movies. Yep. That's it. Nice. So that was a, a modest stroll down 90s memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. Courtesy of Tashin. If you like movies uh, about or books about movies, Tashin makes like the most amazing fucking books. Tashin. I think it's like a German company or something, hmm. but I have a lot of uh, the ones. They have director series books and kind of like retrospective on classic directors. Those are the movies of the 90s people. Um, should wrap it up because I know it's been more than an hour. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, thanks you guys for watching. Um, if you would like to see a or have any suggestions on how we could do a movie night to include the viewers, I was thinking it would be cool to like live stream. You can't live stream the movie. Yeah. But we could watch it live. We could watch a movie live and just comment on it as we're watching, kind of like Mystery Science, and then you guys could watch it and hear us talk shit. Probably wouldn't be that interesting, but yep. Um. Any suggestions for a movie or cine night of some sort would be dope. Maybe just scenes. We could play scenes yep. and then just talk shit about them. Um, but, yeah, what are your favorite movies of the 90s? Comment below. YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, remember to subscribe and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash desmadre, or check out our store, desmadre.com forward slash store. Grab a T-shirt, a cap. Probably need to drop a new T-shirt pretty soon because it's been like six months at this point. So yep. need to do that soon. And uh, yeah, anything else? I think that's that's it. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Happy Pride, uh, and peace. <laughs>